Welcome to the Making Connections News edition of Mountain Talk. I'm your host, Mimi Pickering. On this monthly show, we share stories of opportunities and challenges for rebuilding Appalachia's economy and renewing our communities. On this episode, we're excited to present the Create Your State Tour, a musical multimedia performance that inspires and empowers creative community revitalization and development. The presentation tells the inspiring story of arts-driven community transformation in Princeton, West Virginia, through the eyes of artists and cultural entrepreneurs Lori McKinney and Robert Blankenship, and features the original music of Option 22. Over the past several years, support from the Claude Worthington Benedum Foundation has enabled towns across West Virginia to bring the Create Your State performance and workshop to their communities to kick off conversations about how the arts, creativity, and an out-of-the-box approach can establish a creative scene that redefines and reinvigorates a community. This presentation was recorded in Philippi, West Virginia, on May 5, 2019. We're extending our usual one-hour time slot to bring the complete recording, which lasts approximately an hour and 40 minutes. Enjoy. Yeah, good evening, everyone. We're so happy to be here. Uh, We drove uh, through the woods last night. The fog was so thick you couldn't even uh, see the line on the road. It was a beautiful drive. We're really happy uh, to be here. Thank you to Philippi Main Street and everyone we met. This place is amazing. Wanderlust is amazing. Uh, Really, really happy to be here. I can feel the energy in your town. So my name is Lori, and I came here tonight with my band, Option 22, and a group of very close creative collaborators. We all grew up in, uh, or most of us grew up in West Virginia, and now we all live and work in a creative community called the Riff Raff Arts Collective in downtown Princeton. We write and record, we perform and teach there. We also make art and create happenings or community events. Now, our presence has been a part of a very dynamic shift in the life of our neighborhood on a once very depressed street called Mercer Street. So this evening, we're going to share with you some of our story. We're going to share some of our music and art with you and hopefully inspire you to continue to cultivate this growth here in your community. I'll tell you how our work positively affects the local economy and hopefully empower you with some tools and some resources to help transform your environment to create your state. So I grew up in Princeton in Mercer County. It's a very, very southern part of the state where, as a kid, I was hungry for creative outlets. Like most young people, I wanted nothing more than to just get out and see the world. And so I did. I pointed myself in the general direction of bright lights and big city opportunities. It wasn't until I was standing in an ancient amphitheater in Greece or on Tottenham Court Road in London that I realized what it was that I was searching for. It was the vibrancy of London that struck me. It was all those people buzzing about and connecting in these very colorful spaces. Another thing that struck me was learning the way that the ancients used the arts to teach virtue and to rule society. I had epiphany after epiphany about the purpose for creativity. And then I struck a major aha moment. So what is it that makes a city great? It's people. 
That's right. It's people doing stuff and making things happen. And who are they that make a city great? You know, people are always saying, they need to fix this and they need to fix that. And then it dawned on me, we are they. We are they that can make things better. We can affect our lives and our environment in a relatively unlimited way. So being outside of West Virginia and my hometown, I started to recognize what my hometown, my home state, our home state did have to offer. Absolutely beautiful landscape, right? Open highways, easy living, very kind-hearted, generous, warm people, tons of music and heritage. These were all the things that I didn't truly appreciate living here nonstop for 18 years. You know, as a kid, I knew that I had to leave to find it, but I didn't really know what it was. But then once I found it, then I could really start to recognize it and appreciate it here in my home. So here in rural West Virginia, you kind of have to investigate to discover where it's hidden. You know, in these very populated areas, it's very um, easy to just go somewhere and, you know, meet all kinds of people and kind of like see the culture there in the forefront. Here in in our rural areas, you kind of have to seek it out. But once you do tap into it, it's like a portal to all these beautiful, creative people all around our state. And all the circles seem to overlap. You know, one thing that I realized once I was back here is that I would need to cultivate a scene that I wanted to exist within. So I was living in a bubble back then, and traveling out there helped me to open my eyes to what was in my midst all along. And then these mountains started to call I felt this beautiful spiritual connection to this land. I'll never forget when I I really felt like that just started speaking to me, like you're supposed to be here. For the first time in my life, I just, I really knew powerfully I I was supposed to be here. And I was inspired to create here. And most of all, I was moved to make music. Now, I'm going to bring some really special people up on stage with me now. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about each one of them as we move through the program. But for now, I'll introduce you to Mr. Jacob Brooks on the lead guitar. Miss Ariane Graham on the drums, Miss Kayla Lynn on the bass, and Mr. Robert Blankenship on the acoustic guitar. Now, this is a song about feeling the call home to West Virginia. Oh, fuck. 
Thank you so much. Isn't our state beautiful? So once I was here, I was an artist and I was ready to work. In London, I had met all these young people with their own record labels and their own production companies, and the whole ball game changed. I had realized that with the tools and the technology that we have available to us now, we can make anything happen, and I was ready for it. I'd also realized that I could use my creativity for something bigger than myself, something that would make a positive impact on the world. Now, I was searching for others to create with, and the way that I found them was through open mic night. Now, gatherings like this are where it's at, and I'm a firm believer in this format for any community. Those creative people have to come together to collaborate, and they need a reason to come together in, in spaces and places just like we're sitting here tonight. So I was living in a tiny town called Hinton at the time in Summers County. Anybody know Hinton? It's a beautiful, beautiful town right on the New River. I had met this young poet and a songwriter, and uh, we were traveling every week all the way to Beckley, an hour away for open mic night, just you know, because we wanted to be in that scene uh, and express ourselves so much. Um, and religiously, we would pull over to the side of the road and just look over that beautiful view over Zion Mountain and the New River. I don't know what, what, what it was that was different about this one particular night, but we pulled over and we were just looking out at that gorgeous scenery and it dawned on us, why not here? Why not start an open mic night here? Now, at the time, it was a sleepy little town with a lot of resistance to change. No one really expected anything new to happen, especially created by young people like us. But we realized that we would need to create our own opportunity. And so we started our work, and it just blossomed. It multiplied very quickly. Once the door was open and the word was out, the artists and the poets and musicians came from far and wide, and it all happened really fast. That is how we met most of the contacts that formed the foundation for all of our current work. I met my amazing husband, Robert, there. 
Let's see, Robert grew up in Summers County, uh, where, where he had very little access to creative opportunity. He had just an insane amount of talent. This guy's a genius, but there was no open door for him to express that until he found open mic night, and his whole life changed. We started playing music together then, and we never stopped. We've been running open mic nights ever since. That was 15 years ago. And that really is how we met most of the contacts that, you know, all of our current cohorts. You see, progress all starts with people coming together and sharing ideas. And before you know it, something is happening. And it really only takes that one spark. After that, others join in, and then others. And then it's a movement that people really begin to recognize. Now, for us, it's open mic nights. We love to bring people together through music like Wanderlust does here. Um, we you know, have songwriters and, and all that. But it doesn't have to be in that specific format, but that regular opportunity for people to express themselves, whether it's an adult, adult coloring cafe, a, a storytelling circle, just that regularity of people being able to step into um, an environment where they can express themselves. I believe that's key. So I was very lucky to get connected with artists who shared my passion to change the world. All of our music and poetry was about it. We were just racking our brains, like, how are we going to change the world? And then one day, I remember, it was a beautiful, sunny afternoon. We were sitting in a park, and a car drove by. It had a bumper sticker on it. It said, think globally, act locally. That resonated with us, and so we started to think and live our lives like that. Like, how can we make our community better, more vibrant and exciting, more tolerant, more livable, more awesome? And so we set out to identify and fill some voids. Now, in southern West Virginia, in the area I'm from, we don't have a lot of opportunity for multicultural experience. And we all know that xenophobia, or fear of what's different, can be a serious block to progress. And when we arrived on the scene, there was also a pretty serious lack of entertainment venues. And being artists and musicians ourselves, we were seeking out venues to showcase. And so we started an Earth Day festival in the spring to promote stewardship and cultivate community and Culture Fest World Music and Arts Festival in the fall to promote unity and respect for diversity. Now, starting these events uh, marked the beginning of us creating annual traditions that would come to be the foundation for our creative community. We really love to create these regular, weekly, monthly, annual events that really people start to look forward to. And they become like family reunion reunions. And they sort of um, kind of are the foundation for that creative community. Uh, both events are in their 16th year now, and they've been a catalyst for a thriving progressive circle in our town and our region. So um, Culture Fest is like a convergence of creative minds, and it attracts visitors from all around the state and as far away as California and New York City. Now, it gives our local creatives a chance to mix and mingle with all kinds of energy, as well as showcasing the music and the art of our region. In such a relaxed environment, it stimulates focused conversation on how to make the world a better place. We like to create this atmosphere so that people feel like they're stepping outside of the world. And for this one beautiful weekend, we all get to co-create a world the way that we wish that it could be. Signs with inspired sentiments on them like love one another and have faith decorate the site. Facilitated discussions called Conversations at Culture Fest focus on subjects like um, superfoods, permaculture, and the interconnectedness of humanity. Basically, anyone that has a knowledge set and a passion um, and that wants to express that, we set up a facilitated discussion for them. And in this beautiful, peaceful environment, it's just a great uh, context to have a deep dive conversation that you don't normally get to explore. West Virginia Sky Tours brings their giant telescopes, and everyone just marvels at the night sky, which is always filled with thousands of stars. Children dance, and beautiful sounds fill the air. 
we all also paint on these giant community art boards. We just, uh, Robert built these easels of just white canvas, and we throw out the paints and paintbrush, and so everybody can kind of come up to the boards all throughout the weekend and make their mark. And so by the end of the weekend, these beautiful works of community art emerge. Each year when the volunteers come out for the festival, somebody gets that special job of priming those artboards and getting ready for the weekend. So what's interesting, too, is that it's like the peak of the year for us, like, like a holiday. Everyone loves Culture Fest. You know, and, and even those that don't participate in the festival or choose to come out, they're still affected by its messages. You know, they're hearing words like tolerance and diversity in the news, and they're reading it in the papers. You know, the photos and the videos are all over the Internet. Um, and so I believe that just putting that energy out there transforms the environment bit by bit. One of the best um, parts about Culture Fest is uh, experiencing new flavors, new ideas, and new ways to see the world. Robert and I started um, exploring instruments from different parts of the world, and we found that they're a really excellent tool for opening the doors to conversation about understanding and for bridging cultural divides, especially amongst kids. So I'm going to bring these guys back out on stage with me, and uh, we're going to share a couple of tunes with you. We're going to share some images of our open mic night and our Earth Day festival while we play a song called Many, Many. And then we're going to share um, some images of Culture Fest so you can have a window into what it's like to be there. Um, and we're going to play a song called Blue Lagoon. It's going to feature Robert on the didgeridoo. <laughs> Your pain, not the same, but come from the same place. If my blood. 
brother dies, does he not bleed? A seed's from the same garden. For everyone has a story, and everyone needs to be told. Not one more important than the other, for many colors make up a rainbow. See, I was taught by my best friend to recognize my place as a grain of sand. I'm part of one, and many, many, that's just one, and a, a many, many.
All right. Pretty wild, huh? <laughs> How about that Robert and his didgeridoo, huh? <laughs> so after Culture Fest was born, we were ready to go. As you can likely imagine, that type of energy can really affect a place. And we attracted this core group of people that were brought together by the smoke signals of Culture Fest and Open Mic Night, and we had ourselves a creative community. I have to tell you, the numbers were not big at first. Um, you've got a great crowd of people tonight. I really commend you for so many people who care enough about your community to come out like this. But a lot of times, you know, when you're starting movements like this, you can pour your heart and soul into an event, and, you know, only handfuls of people come out. And it can be disappointing, but I, I want to tell you that that is all about perspective, especially in our areas when two or more people are gathered together for a creative experience. That is valuable. Please remember that. When, it, when you have an event, no one can take that away from you. And if you document it well, then you can really build on it. It was real and it was valuable. So that's key. We can't focus on or be discouraged by numbers. So we were renting city parks and coffee houses at the time, and we knew that we needed our own space. And we were very driven to bring people together through music and the arts. And as fate would have it, we had relocated back to my hometown of Princeton, and an opportunity presented itself. Enter Mercer Street. Now, some have seen this place as a dead-end dump, a lost cause where all the riffraff live. Now, let's talk for a second about the term riffraff and how it's based on an opinion. It's defined by Webster as considered by some to be worthless and low. Some people in our community would just as soon see the people of Mercer Street be swept under the rug. But I know, as I'm sure all of you do, that no one is worthless. That we saw Mercer Street as a blank canvas and an opportunity to make a difference in the lives of the people. We chose the name Riffraff Arts Collective as a statement because we understand what it's like to be judged by stereotypes or deemed inferior because of the way that we look or choose to live our lives, just like artists all throughout history. So we all know that you can't judge a book by its cover. And if you write someone off for superficial reasons, you may end up missing out on something extraordinary. So we never wanted to move in and push them out like some revitalizations tend to do, like to make way for another pretty shopping district. Um, but we do want you know, foot traffic in our shops and galleries, and we definitely don't want criminal activity. But we wanted to improve the environment and make, make life better for everyone. And we, we know that your environment directly affects your behavior. So with each improvement that is made, we raise the overall potential for social and economic development, which go hand in hand. From the very beginning, the people of Mercer Street were inspired by what we were doing. They would watch us. They were paying attention. We'd be decorating our storefronts, and they'd come up to us and say, hey, that's really cool what you're doing. I, I really like that. Some of the most unexpected people, you know, some people would think, oh, those are, you know, bad characters. You want to steer clear of them on the sidewalk. But they were, you know, friendly coming up to us and saying, thank you for what you're doing here in our street. There's this one gentleman that always watched us. When we were renovating the buildings, we were working really late nights. We were always covered in sheetrock dust and paint, you know, looking all a mess. And um, he would watch us. And, and one night he struck up the nerve across the street and started a conversation with us and he was like wow you know this is really neat what you're doing here uh y'all must be getting paid big bucks to do this <laughs> we're like yeah you know we're not we're not getting paid at all and there was this moment of recognition it was like a light bulb went off when he realized that we were all down here doing this work because we believed in it there was a moment of genuine respect on him and the rest of the people of this neighborhood that's just there's been a, a genuine um mutual respect 
So we took a turn-of-the-century structure and we breathed new life into it. An old ballroom became a small theater, a gathering place that hosts tons of music, dance concerts, yoga classes, plays, and more. We call it the room upstairs. An old department store became our art gallery, and old office spaces became artist studios. Another building, which was once a pool hall, became Stage's music school, until it overflowed and uh, had to inhabit another building, which was once a department store. Every day, 200 of these inspired little munchkins with their instrument cases on their back populate the street. That is beautiful and inspiring. We've also made some key aesthetic improvements. Now, in 2007, our city manager at the time came to us, and he said, hey, I really like what you're doing with your arts district. We'd love to get you some banners. He handed us a catalog, and, of course, Robert wanted to design them himself, so they agreed. And So the first um, mark that we made on our town were these banners that hovered above people's heads on Mercer Street. They said, inspire, create, discover, and imagine. I want to tell you that it really meant a lot that the city manager came to us like that. It let us know that we were recognized, that we were valued and appreciated. That was a very smart move by the city of Princeton early on. They also uh, approved our unique request for a yellow brick road crosswalk. You know, as eccentric as that was, it was just a, a, a photo op and an icon for people. You know, it just made people so happy to see that yellow brick road crosswalk. So these bright colors and inspiring messages affect people. It changes the energy, it lifts their moods, and it gives people something to be excited about and proud of, to talk about and feel alive. And we all just know in our hearts that improving the neighborhood improves morale. One spring morning on the day of our annual All Together Arts Parade, I came out a little earlier than expected out of the building, and there were some of the neighbors of the street. They were, surprised, they were going to surprise me. They, they were out on their own picking up trash and sweeping the sidewalks, getting ready for the day. They knew it was the day that that big elephant was going to march down the street. They were excited about it. You know, in that moment, uh, it gave me such an awesome feeling. And, and then and there, I just knew that the high-minded ideals that we were striving for in our work on Mercer Street were starting to become a reality. Some have said that this transformation is impossible, but we know that we can make a difference. We know that music, art, and the opportunity to create can bring about joy, and a joyful population of people is what we're after. That is how we make the world a better place. Whatever is wrong, it can be, be made better by giving people a chance to express themselves and be a part of something, bringing meaning and purpose to their lives. In this day and age, people are so devoid of human experience. You know, we're also lost in our electronic devices and isolated by the competitive nature of society. Creative experiences like this provide meaningful human interaction, a chance to remember that we are alive. And helping people identify their passion and purpose, especially when they didn't know that they had it in them, nothing is more fulfilling. Now, in the beginning, it was like moving mountains. The powers that be and the general public were like, who are these crazy hippies? And what are they doing downtown? <laughs> but after a few years, they realized that, number one, we weren't going anywhere, um, that we were committed, good people, that we were for real, and we were here to stay. Now, we believe very much in this work, and we're so thankful to have the opportunity to do it. They can feel like the world is just so crazy out there sometimes, can it? You know, sometimes it feels like everything is falling down around us. But in the midst of all that, this is the stuff that makes sense to me. You know, these, these real joyous experiences that we share together, it, it makes it all make sense. It makes the world uh, you know, feel like we're going we're gonna to hold it together. together. And that's what this next song is about. It's called If It All Falls Down.
So a vibrant scene changes the whole feeling of a place, and you can just feel that energy shifting. It's wild now, hearing people confirm it, that transformation is palpable. So we envisioned the, what we thought that it should look like, and then we spoke it into existence. So before anyone else saw it, we spoke of it as if it were already so. We said, this is a vibrant and exciting place to live. People were like, what? <laughs> But now, years later, it is. Our downtown has become a hub for cultural activity. And that seems to be the future for downtowns all across the country. You know, retail has shifted. It will never be what it once was. So we now have to look at our downtowns as centers for cultural activity and experiences. I'm sure, I'm sure that you all know that you, you build community through relationship and collaboration. So we have the event, uh, an event that's in its 11th year now. It's called All Together Arts Week. Now, the goal of this event is to bring people together from all around the county past the imaginary divide between rivals, Bluefield and Princeton. It's challenging this outdated high school jacket syndrome that plagues our town's politics. Do you all know anything about that? <laughs> Seems to be pretty common. But All Together Arts Week, it gives us artists a chance to come together and send a message to the leaders. So we start the week um, with a, a networking circle. So we invite artists and arts organizations from all around the area to come together to meet and get to know one another. Then we have a, a trolley hop where we get on board and we encourage a tour of all the creative venues around the area. So if there's a place that you've heard about but you actually haven't visited, that's kind of like your week that you know, you're pushed to go actually experience that venue and then we finish the week with a colorful art parade like you saw in the photographs and then we take the rest of the week and anything that's happening creatively whether it's a you know a quilting club or you know adult coloring cafe or you know a choir concert whatever is going on arts related in the county we frame it up in that week and we highlight it and we promote it as part of all together arts week so it's it's a great chance um to 
kind of showcase and highlight the arts in your community and also encourage cooperation and collaboration. Now, once again, messages about unity and cooperation are all over the media, and, and I know that it affects the people. I know because I hear them speaking the language. Um, I hear leadership preaching these values, especially during All Together Arts Week season, and that's really pretty cool. You know, it's challenging them to think outside of the, box, the box and rethink what is possible. And that's a great example of how art and music can affect change. It's a vehicle, and we can use it to shape the world around us. Now, you might be wondering how we've funded all these endeavors. Uh, I know that is always something that is on everyone's minds. And I will tell you that I'm not standing before you today as if we've figured it all out. It is an ongoing challenge. We work way too hard you know, to make all this, this uh, happen. We've had to lever a lot of, leverage a lot of partnerships and sponsorships. We had to pull ourselves up from our bootstraps and learn to write grants. Um, and the number of volunteer hours that we put into this would probably blow your mind. I'm sure a lot of you in the room understand that. You know, we've had to be very crafty and willing to do whatever it takes to make all this possible. A lot of all-nighters, a lot of stretching ourselves so thin that it felt like we were going to snap. Um, and it's an ongoing struggle. You know, we, we certainly haven't figured it all out yet. There are some days, even now, we just have no idea how we're going to continue. But somehow we manage to. You know, it's very, something that we're very driven to do. And I will tell you that it is incredibly fulfilling. You know, all these years later, we've been at it for almost 16 years now. And just watching it all unfold and experiencing the fruits of all this labor, it's incredibly fulfilling. So we've spent years investing in and building our state-of-the-art recording studio, and we are just about up and running at last. You know, we're, we're so ready to record and release our own music and the music of other local artists. And the generation of young musicians at Stages Music School are recording as well. They're being taught to use their voice to speak out about what's important to them. Now, our collective goal with all this is to supersede the mass media. You know, in this, this age of electronics and saturation of our children's minds with shallow entertainment, we look to create quality content and real human experience um, that people can tune into to release albums and create shows for quality regional artists so that people can be some, a part of something exciting in their own backyard. Several years ago, we recorded a, a music video uh, for our little stars, the all-girl rock band, Misbehavin'. Now, a couple of these young ladies are on stage with me tonight. Um, when they were little and they had Misbehavin', they were about this high, and their guitars were like twice the size of them. It was absolutely adorable. Um, so we, we shot a, a video for them. They covered Lady Gaga's Born This Way as a part of an anti-bullying effort. The city of Princeton shut down the street for us, and about 100 people from the community came out to dance in the middle of the street, right on top of that yellow brick road. There were mailmen, city workers, kids of all ages, even a pharaoh. It was wild, and with the lights, uh, stage lights beaming there in the middle of the street, it felt just like a Hollywood soundstage, and we were all just having the best and most memorable experience. I will never forget that. You know, we're, so we're writing our story in the most unexpected way. There's no one that expected to see something like that happen in downtown Princeton. And what it's doing is it, it's causing people to, again, rethink what's possible and then have the courage to pursue their own dreams. And it's changing the vibration of the place. You know, all these years of negative energy, very negative energy, are now shaken up and confronted with something that is very clearly of light and love. And looking out the window onto Mercer Street, along with all of its challenges, I see the changes that have already been made, which are extremely inspiring. Some say that we're crazy, but we're dreaming the impossible dream. 
And it is the most fulfilling thing in the world to be able to affect this type of change. Now, I'm not blind to the enormous strides that we have yet to make, but if you think about it, that is true planetarily. This is our own little corner of the world to heal. Here in rural Appalachia, we all have the opportunity to make a significant difference and a positive impact on our region. I say, look at it like a blank canvas and choose to see the beauty and the possibility, even in the most unlikely scenario.
decade and a half since we started this work and within the past few years something spectacular has happened so we spent Robert and I spent years going to conferences and community development gatherings a lot like these asking tons of questions and searching for help now through our work and our clear commitment to our community we had struck up a partnership with a local nonprofit it's called community connections and they're our family resource network in Mercer County the executive director of that organization, he's now one of our county commissioners. His name is Greg Puckett. He's this amazing, bright, uh, creative individual, very, very unique person. And we shared some really special conversations about this notion that well, we shared this, this perspective that the reason that young people turn to negative behaviors is because they don't have enough excitement in their lives, enough to look forward to, you know, to really hold on to. So he realized that though they were a family resource network, um, that they could actually commit some of their resources to community development. Because if you think about it, community development and prevention go hand in hand. So it was at the Create West Virginia conference that we made contact with the West Virginia Community Development Hub. Uh, I'm not sure how familiar you are with this organization, but the Hub is just a remarkable connector of all things good all around West Virginia. They have some amazing programs, and one of their programs has been pivotal in our progress. It's called the Blueprint Communities Program. Now, that process helped us to take a look at the big picture of our town, to assess our strengths, and to map our challenges. And most of all, most importantly probably, it brought us together. Now, the program guided us. They had a formula for creating a team. And for us, it just happened to be a dream team. We sat down at the drawing board with the city of Princeton, our mayor and our city manager, um, the chamber of commerce, the uh, editor of the Princeton Times, an architect, a banker, and the dean of New River Community and Technical College. And together, we gave birth to the Princeton Renaissance Project. Now, I can't tell you how much teaming up with these partners has accelerated our work. It helped us tap into the public's, uh, mainstream public's support, and together we've begun a complete transformation of our downtown. Uh, with, with a team together, bigger, more transformative projects became possible. Things that we'd always kind of dreamt of on our own but couldn't quite accomplish by ourselves. Together we acquired and began renovating our town's historic movie theater formerly the Royal and then the Levon Theater. This place holds memories of our downtown's heyday that mean to w the world to people. It reminds them of a time when Mercer Street was a place to be. With elbow-to-elbow -elbow traffic, department stores, theaters, and restaurants, Princeton was a booming center for commerce back then, like most of the downtowns around our state. And that theater has tugged at people's heartstrings and pulled the community from out of the woodwork to revel in the nostalgia. I remember when we opened the doors to the theater before we started all the renovations, uh, people just flooded in through the doors. It felt just like a movie. Everybody was looking around with stars in their eyes and just having all these memories. This one couple said, hey, everybody, attention. Uh, my wife and I got engaged right here. And everybody clapped. It was a really sweet moment. So this theater has been like a rally point, and now the, the community is invested. And people of all ages are staying tuned. They all want to know what's going on with the theater and when will it be open. Now, this is an enormous project, and it's taking a really, really long time. 
Um, but when we finally do open the doors to the renovated Renaissance Theater, we anticipate a monumental shift in the culture on Mercer Street, a new heyday. We, we know that someday people will look back on this as the new good old days. Now, this newly established network also made it possible for us to achieve the creation of several public works of art. I'm a big fan of public art. Um, it can do so much for a community. And in our case, uh, we created eight very large professional murals. Now, it wasn't just one, wasn't two, wasn't four. It was eight walls. And this is why it was just impossible for people to not notice what was going on. There's so much energy that public art can create. It starts a conversation. It tunes people in, and it's impossible to miss. We also created several sculptures, as well as Artist Alley. Now, this is a 22-wall mural project that brought two dozen artists together, some that had never met, for the most memorable and rewarding experience. So what you're seeing here is two buildings. Uh, it was like a pedestrian crosswalk between two buildings, and it was covered. It was, all, it was dirty, and it was covered with negative graffiti, and you know, people had wanted to see that cleaned up for a while. But it was way more exciting to create a public work of art there than to just you know paint a solid coat of paint. So we numbered this off 1 through 22. They were 4 by 6 panels, um, small enough that uh, this was a volunteer project that the artists did. The other ones were professional murals where the artists were paid, but this one, it was a small enough project that um, we had wonderful paint donated from Golden Artist Colors and Sherwin-Williams, and so we all um, just volunteered our time, and it was like an event. The fellowship and the camaraderie that was established between these artists as they painted um, was unmatched. Now, when we came into Wanderlust tonight and we saw these beautiful works of art up here on the wall, this reminded us, us of Artist Alley. How, how are the, there are the different panels there. They're so beautiful. But tourists came in to watch us work while we were creating Artist Alley. Um, artists built bonds, and it was just the best time with Manifold Reward. Now, we've created several additional murals since then, and it's caused other businesses to jump on board and paint their own murals to contribute to this new energy. Now, accomplishing these public works of art was a real feat, um, and it was possible because of these partnerships and this new network that we had established and it was a real milestone to success to have the city um, and other sponsors pay artists to paint. I'm sure you all know that it's very important to value the work of creative people, but traditionally in our town that hasn't been the case. I know it's not always common knowledge that artists' time is super, super valuable, but they spend all, the, they spend all those years honing their craft, and their time is very valuable. So we felt like it was a real milestone uh, success for us to achieve this public and private support of creativity. Now, I learned a lot about government through all this process, too. Now, some young people can feel, like, repelled by the thought of government, but what we forget is that, uh, you know, it's made up of individuals. They're people. And these processes are all set up for us to work within. And we've got to be active and get involved and be willing to show up and do that work. Another effect of this bond of, with this new team that we created is that everyone is starting to feel involved you know, these kids painted a wall in the back of Stages Music School. It was a great experience. We also have this uh, fountain in the center of our downtown. Um, it had been uh, dormant for years because kids would put suds in it, uh, dish soap. <laughs> the fountain would overflow, and it became a big mess, and the city shut it down. But we had this new city manager that was forward-thinking, and she said, you know, we can get this fountain running again. We just need an anti-sudsing chemical. So they found the, the chemical, and they brought the City Works team out to paint the fresh coat of paint on this pool and get this fountain all ready uh, to flow again. And one of the City Works guys said, hey, you know what we should do? We should paint some fish in this fountain. And she was smart enough to say, that is a great idea. She picked up the phone and called the artists. We connected um, her with a talented painter. And within a couple of weeks, these uh, adorable fish and frogs appeared in the fountain. 
Now, people love to come by and look at those fish. Now, I love it that that happened. And what it tells me is that citizens are starting to feel ownership of this new creative identity that Princeton is gaining. And people of all walks of life are getting involved. One of my favorite projects has been the community garden. And we built this garden on a lot that was a total mess. It was a, a torn to pieces from the demolition of a building. And when we all, we all kind of simultaneously had the idea, you know, of what to do with that space. And a lot of the naysayers said, well, you can't plant a garden on Mercer Street because they're going to destroy it. But just like a lot of us anticipated, they are the ones who have protected that garden. It's been like a social experiment and a successful one. And he goes, first of all, not everyone that stands on that street is a criminal. Like so many of the old guards stuck in their ways presume. You know, they'd drive down Mercer Street. No matter who was standing on the sidewalk, they would just assume this or that about those people. But a lot of these are just very nice, you know, kind-hearted people. And a lot of them grew up on farms or around gardens. And so they love to be able to come in and, you know, give us tips on growing. They, they love to be able to pick some lettuce for, you know, dinner or strawberry for a snack. Um, they know that the garden belongs to them as much as it belongs to us. And the people that work on the project are kind-hearted, you know, very friendly people. So no matter who comes by, they get greeted and treated with respect. Now, I love that about this group of people that I have the opportunity to work with. Um, and I love what this garden represents. You know, it's for the people, by the people. And that notion of, of sharing and abundance for all seems revolutionary in times like these. Another make, a great project made possible by the new network was the Mercer Monster Bash, which is a Halloween extravaganza that has brought thousands of people to Mercer Street to trick-or-treat, watch horror movies, tell ghost stories, and dance to the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Now, just a few years ago, the notion that parents would bring their children to, down to Mercer Street to trick-or-treat was outlandish. And even when we started this event, we only expected handfuls of people to show up. But to our surprise, at 6 o'clock that Halloween night, the trick-or-treaters just started coming out of the woodwork. And then more and more, and within an hour, our downtown was absolutely flooded with goblins and ghouls and princesses. And that tradition is six years old now, and it's very clear that it's here to stay. Mercer Street is now the place to be for Halloween night. You know, and the volunteers that put this uh, event together, they... they came together in the spirit of the Renaissance. They were meeting at the bookstore weekly uh, when the idea was born, and it was invigorated by this feeling that something revolutionary was taking place. And speaking of revolutionary, the same team of people came together to put on a historical ball drop and multi-stage music festival on New Year's Eve called the Downtown Countdown. And we successfully blew a thousand people's minds that, that first year because it set the precedent for something bigger and more exciting than anyone ever expected to happen in our town. And working with the Princeton Fire Department, who lowers the ball, the, um, the Princeton Police Department, who shuts down the street and provides security, as well as the artists, the countless volunteers, the sponsors, and the community, is such a wonderful experience. I can get chill bumps thinking about how special it is to create, like come together to create this powerful and monumental experience for people. You know, that night they feel so alive. And they're not just watching people on television in New York City having fun. You know, they're excited to be alive in Princeton, West Virginia. You know, and they're not just watching something happen. They're a part of it. They're having this amazing time there. I can always tell how, how much fun people are having by the number of selfies that they're taking. <laughs> they're just taking selfies left, left and right, and they're just having the most amazing experience. They're creating memories, you know? And it's not just a party. We're changing the culture and establishing meaningful new traditions for people. And we're showing people that Mercer Street is cool again. 
that these moments are incredibly fulfilling because we know that we're writing our own history. And all these years of work have finally come to a peak, and it's like a dam has burst. In a lot of ways, it feels like this is just the beginning. You know, it took years of time and perseverance, but we kept it going, and now the support is here. I think that's the main error that people make with work like this. They start something, and if it doesn't work in a month or a year, they throw their hands up in the air, and they say, oh, nothing will ever change in this town. You know, nothing, nothing good will ever happen here. But they're forgetting the most key element, and that's the persistence. So, you know, we put in all these years of work, and, and now we're getting to experience the fruits of that labor. You know, there are all kinds of community development programs out there for us to choose from. Just here in West Virginia, there's Turn This Town Around. There's Try This West Virginia. Through the hub, so many wonderful programs like Innovation Acceleration Strategy, Cultivate West Virginia, Downtown Appalachia. Now there's Create Your State. So none of us have to invent the wheel. We just have to be willing to work, to come together with partners, to be willing to seek out information, follow through with our ideas, and most importantly, never give up. And we're ready for another decade of our work. We've written our plan, and we're committed to seeing it through. We're going to show you some of our images of the work in downtown Princeton, and we're going to play a song for you that we wrote in honor of the West Virginia Community Development Hub uh, and their Blueprint program. It's called Blueprint.
to make a blueprint, a blueprint for a new solution. We've got to chart a brand new map for a higher road to go. From the ground up, build it up, a new institution. So a vibrant, thriving community attracts vibrant people. And we've seen several creative individuals locate to Princeton in the glow of Culture Fest or after a visit to the Riff Raff to be a part of our efforts. And that's just with what we're doing on our block and in our creative world. The energy has blossomed all around us, and each entity has developed its own sphere of community. In 2008, we managed to wrangle my extremely talented sister, Melissa, and her amazing daughter, Kayla, who's playing the bass tonight, home from North Carolina, where they were working in a wonderful multimedia music school. So they established Stages Music School uh, in 2008, right across from the Riff Raff, and it has been nothing short of magical, let me tell you. They offer individual lessons, and they also offer a band program. So they create these young music groups that perform constantly, raising money for charities and working to make a positive impact on the world. The energy that that school brought to our neighborhood is unquantifiable. Some of the uh, young ones standing on stage with me tonight are products of Stages Music School, Jacob, Ariane, and Kayla. And in fact, Ariane on the drums was the very first student at Stages Music School. They're all grown up now, and they spend their days practicing, tutoring other kids, and traveling with their amazing band, The Change. They're impacting the world around them uh, with their messages of kindness and love through their program, the One Voice Project. And that's an anti-bullying schools tour. Um, it's amazing concert production. And the gentlemen that created the production that you're enjoying this evening uh, travel alongside those kids producing whew, the One Voice Tour. <laughs> it's a beautiful collaboration. Now, the arrival of stages heralded an acceleration of our arts district, and that synergy between the circles of creators is something very special. With that music school now nestled right next to the riffraff, the music scene between those two buildings is rich. A wonderful indie bookstore planted roots on the block a few years after we arrived, and it's now a thriving, active, excited participant in the Renaissance. There's a whole culture of writers and readers that hover around that store, and they've found a circle of people to belong to and participate with. Um, and it's right across from our beautiful public library. This new energy downtown also empowered a group of classic car lovers to bring back the tradition of cruising Mercer Street. Now, this was the thing to do back in the day, but a few uh, dynamics uh, in the town caused it to be shut down, but it's back now. And so every month during the warm season, hundreds of classic cars and car lovers populate downtown. And Greg of Community Connections, who I told you about earlier, he's just rolled up his sleeves and started painting buildings. He's been restoring a lot of the vintage signage um, from back in the day. And that's just really, really exciting for people to remember, you know, harken back to the businesses of, of the bygone days. And it's amazing what just a fresh coat of paint and some bright color can do. It's attracting all kinds of positive energy. A new flower shop moved in with distinct intentions to contribute to the efforts. Her sign says, Helping Mercer Street Bloom. Another wonderful group of artists moved in right across the Yellow Brick Road. Um, they were called Gary Bowling um, and his House of Art. They amplified our art scene for about a year, and they paved a way uh, for another amazing um, art 
entity to take hold when they left. They had renovated this building, and it's now home to Holler Contemporary Appalachian Art Gallery. So this gentleman that you're seeing on the screen here is an incredibly talented artist. He's from Princeton, but he had traveled around the world with his art. He was living in San Francisco at the time, and his parents had been sending him clippings, news clippings, about what was going on uh, on Mercer Street. And lo and behold, one day I got a phone call from Chase saying that he was going to move home and be a part of this. So he bought that building, and he has just a wonderful gallery. So around that time, the momentum just started to accelerate. And within the past two years, we've seen the opening of a fantastic coffee shop, um, a painter-owned pottery shop, a yoga studio, a candy factory, a sporting goods store, hammer and stain, do-it-yourself woodworking shop, a bakery, bucha brew house and bistro, which is a kombucha brew house and a fantastic restaurant, sophisticated hound brewing company, two hair salons, and a tattoo shop. And there are four buildings currently under active renovation that are making way for new businesses set to open in 2019. There's Blue Ridge Bee Company, um, there's Jimmy's Diner, there's a donut shop, and a custom cabinetry shop. And I'm giving tours literally every week. I gave two last week to businesses that are uh, interested in joining the movement. So it is plain to see how creative revitalization can positively affect an economy. Additional tax revenue, tourism dollars, and new business are all courted through this type of development. And it just takes that one motivated person to spark that movement. That one joins with the next, and before you know it, that ball is rolling. I have to say, we walked into Wanderlust tonight. This is an amazing place, such an incredible asset, such a smart move by the building commission to pave the way for this to happen. Yes, that deserves a round of applause. So much wonderful creative energy here. Um, and the ball is rolling all around West Virginia at this point. There are some really incredible things that are happening. You don't hear about them all the time in the news, but um, I know about some amazing things. And Williamson, down in Mingo County, uh, these guys just celebrated two years of their uh, open mic night. Um, there's a group called the Art Brigade. They're hosting these events called Creative Callouts, where they put the word out to anyone creative in their community that wants to come and be a part of the efforts, can come down and talk about projects and share their gifts. It's showing people that there are creative people all around Mingo County. And not only are they there, but they're a force to be reckoned with. They started an event called WillCon. Thousands of people have come to this event for the few years that they've been having a huge impact on the economy there in Mingo County. In Grafton, there's just wonderful creative energy taking hold. You may know about this. This beautiful mural here was created by a local artist. And that's not something you would have expected to see appear on the side of a building in Grafton. And I think that's just amazing that they allowed that kind of expression to happen. Because that's a, a local artist. You know, she deserved to have her artwork uh, there uh, contributing to Grafton. There's a wonderful coffee shop called Espresso Yourself. It's kind of like an epicenter for the creative energy that um, is helping Grafton move forward. In Charlestown, West Virginia, 600 people, volunteers, came to participate in the creation of this beautiful mosaic wall, and it's transformed the aesthetic of downtown Charlestown. Now, every time that one of those 600 people walks by that mosaic wall, they remember the experience that they had creating that, the fellowship and camaraderie that was established through that process, you know, extremely special. And so that energy is now, it's caused like a fraternal bond for these people that share that experience together, and it's causing them to move forward with other projects to benefit their community. In McDowell County, uh, you know, this is one of the most distressed counties in our state, 
and they celebrated two years of their open mic night just last week, standing room only in Sterling Drive-In. You're seeing here on the screen. So many wonderful, talented, creative people everywhere you go, you know, and here uh, in West Virginia, we have so many talented artists, and so this is providing a, ven- a venue for them to express themselves, and it's showing people that things can happen, good, positive things can happen in McDowell County, and they are getting ready to celebrate the grand opening of the Jack Caffey Arts Center in downtown Welch, which is huge for McDowell County. Towns like Lewisburg and Thomas have shown us that the arts can create a tourist destination that receives national attention. And of course, people come from all around to see these newly transformed towns that they hear about. And that positive energy that we speak into existence does not go unnoticed. The media loves to feature these stories, especially because of our rising underdog appeal. You know, we all have that going for us here in West Virginia. You know, right now, um, it's like there's so many eyes on Appalachia. People all around the world are genuinely intrigued by us, and some of them really cares what happens to us. I feel like it's time for us to tell our own stories and change the narrative that has controlled West Virginia's story for too long now. And on that note, I'd like to talk to you about something that you might encounter. You guys know any uh, naysayers or negative Nancys? <laughs> I thought you might. They're always going to exist. I think that, you know, positive and negative, that's just the, the balance of the universe. You know, they'll always be out there. And when you set out to do something different and transformative, you can bet that they'll come out of the woodwork. They'll say things like, well, that'll never work. Who do they think they are? Or, you know, we tried that years ago. It didn't work. You know, you should just give up now. Uh, you know, the way that we handle that is that we always tune in to the positive. I try to only tune in to the people who, who get it, who are hungry for what we have to offer. You know, I think that's mostly who we're here for. And it's worked well for us. It's enabled us to establish like a, a force field of positive energy around us. And whenever there's a critic or someone intent on bringing us down, you know, I always tune back into the people that are thankful for our presence. You know, even if it's only a handful of people who, who say, thank you so much for what you're doing, I try to tune in to those people. You know, when we first started all this work, uh, there were a lot of naysayers. And uh, one thing that we would hear is, well, you can't put lipstick on a pig. <laughs> or... You know, you can't just throw a bunch of paint at it and expect that it's going to get better. But those critics are completely missing the point. It's not just about those pretty paintings on the walls. It's about who and what is behind that paintbrush. It's about the fact that a creative community exists that cared enough to create those beautiful paintings on the wall. And that art is just evidence that we exist. So if you ever hear anybody uh, saying things like that, I hope that you'll know how to respond. So even if you don't think that you have creative skill, you could be the one that opens the door for it to happen. And perhaps you have the ability to provide a space uh, or create the link between the venue and the gathering. You just open the doors and, and watch them cut up, come out of the woodwork. Let them all meet, brainstorm, and see what happens. You know, a lot of this work is about creating space for art to happen, creating the conditions in which creativity can thrive, even if that means all the unglamorous detail work. And we do whatever it takes. We take out the trash, we sweep the street, we change the light bulbs, write the press releases, hang the flyers, uh, we wire the stages and run the sound, you name it. Um, And there's tons of creative people in our areas for a variety of reasons. You might not know all of them, but I assure you that they are here. 
Perhaps their career brought them here. Perhaps they're here to take care of their family uh, or relatives. We see that a lot. You know, people that have lived all around the world and, you know, have come home to, to take care of their family. Perhaps their journey just led them here, like me. Perhaps they love it so much here that they've never left. Perhaps they're students in your schools. You know, all that's needed are magnets like Wonderlust you know, and the riffraff to, to, to draw them in a space for them to be. You know, I hope that I know that we're all here tonight, and I really applaud you all. This is just a wonderful group of people. It shows me so much about your town that you all care enough to be here tonight. I hope that you're supporting uh, this place and the other uh, endeavors in your town as much as possible. If there's, you know, dedicated groups focused on this, I hope that you all join forces. Be willing to support each other, you know, even when it's not your own project. Be willing to, to team up and jump on board with others. I believe that that's key. So not only is this type of creative work exciting and fun, but it is desperately needed. We all know that our state is at a crossroads right now, and it's up to us to define our future. You know, the drug problems in our communities is dire, as we all know. I can tell you that working with youth around the riffraff um, and in my community, many of them feel like they have nothing to live for. You know, they, they have nothing to look forward to, and isn't that profoundly sad? And this is an endemic problem all around our world. People are disconnected from quality human experiences. Some young people don't know what quality of life looks like because they've never seen it. So we've got to show them what it looks like. We must unlock the door to their creativity and create a catalyst for them to do something. If so many are living in poverty without proper guidance, uh, we've got to show them something that inspires them, something away from them, the mundane existence. Show them existence and show them that life can be more. Now, growing up around here, like I said, I knew that I was looking for something, but I didn't really know what it was. So what is it? You know, what makes life worth living? What moves us forward? From my perspective, it is quality human interaction and experience. It is exciting, inspired, fruitful, meaningful activity. It is creating and being a part of something that makes us feel alive. And we can show them something that matters and something that they can be a part of. If you only remember one thing from our experience here tonight, I want to leave you with this. I want to suggest that you create your environment. It's up to us to shape this world around us. You create your reality. You know, what do you think uh, the world could use to make it better? You know, when you were growing up, what would have made your life more fulfilling? I say identify that and make it happen. And we choose how to frame it up even when the situation is challenging. And what an opportunity, you know, here in rural West Virginia to be the change. It's so easy in times like these to focus on the negative, but I say challenge that status quo. Dare to see the beauty and the possibility. We all know in our hearts that there's a better, more authentic and inspired way for the world to be, and so we pour our heart and our souls into our work. I say identify your passion, begin your work, and keep moving. Don't give up. And we're writing our own story, and you can too.
concludes our presentation portion of the program, and I'm so looking forward to sharing a conversation with all of you about Philippi, uh, what's going on already, and what's happening next. Um, I'd love to take the chance to introduce you to this amazing creative team that I have the opportunity to work with. You, earlier, you met, and now you've experienced the amazing Jacob Brooks. <laughs> Jacob's only 17 years old. Uh, it's amazing to me that he dedicates so much of his life to you know, creating this music. Incredibly talented. And the incredible Ariane Graham on the drums. She's only 20, and she's one of the ones who's been playing music since she was this big, along with uh, Kayla Lynn on the bass. Kayla's 19 years old now. She happens to be my niece, and I've watched her grow up from a, from a tiny young thing. Incredible uh, talent. And these three spend their time, you know, with the One Voice Project, working to make a, a difference in the world. So it's just so inspiring to me that, you know, at such a young age that they know that they can make a difference in the world. So. <laughs> these guys. And, of course, the one and only, last but not least, the amazing Robert Blankenship. This guy is a renaissance man, and I'm so lucky that I get to share my life with him. He created, uh, envisioned this whole production. He created the spaces. He, you know, sanded the floors, painted the walls, designed the spaces, you know, figured it all out technically, somehow does all the things that he does and still manages to play uh, this beautiful music that seems to just emanate from him. So that's the amazing Roberto. You've been listening to Create Your State, a presentation and performance created by Princeton, West Virginia-based artists Lori McKinney and Robert Blankenship, and featuring the original music of Option 22. The website, createyourstate.org, has information about the tour, video tutorials, and other tools to support creative community development efforts in your town. The recording of the complete presentation is available on our website, makingconnectionsnews.org. This is your host, Mimi Pickering. Thank you for listening to WMMT Mountain Community Radio.